This is the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, Episode 8. Welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, a place for practical ideas and powerful spiritual inspiration for women like you who want to overcome their obstacles, discover their true potential, and find lasting joy and significance through a relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle, and I'm so excited to encourage you on how you can live the full, vibrant life that God has planned for you, the life that you were meant to live. So find a cozy spot, and let's get started on today's episode. Well, hello again, and welcome to the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast. This is Alicia Michelle, your host, and my goal with this podcast is to help you step out of mediocre living and create the life of your dreams, the good life God has planned for you. We kind of have this facade that we put on as women, right, where we're, we're just trying to keep it together. We, we've got all these things happening, and we don't really know how we're supposed to do it, but we somehow get it done. We often just feel alone and really in need of true connection. What does that pace do to us? And how can we learn how to live differently? How can we learn how to get out of that mindset? And that is where today's guest, Pam Farrell, comes in. Pam has given us a guidebook, a, a primer, so to speak, with seven simple skills we can incorporate into our lives that teach us how to relate to one another and how to live in this world in a way that allows us to stay connected and busy, but still honors the boundaries that God has given us and the things we need to do to really still have vibrant lives. And so I had a chance to sit down and talk with Pam literally in my little bedroom podcast studio here. Pam and I have been friends for two to three years now in real life, and I have seen firsthand how she has poured into not only my life, but just dozens and dozens of other writers here in Southern California. She is just a joy to be around. And so we talked about some of the biggest trends that she sees so many Christian women face. And we talked about loneliness and, and friendships and the power of love. So I cannot wait for you to hear more about this. A little bit about Pam. She is a best-selling author of 47 books, many of them with her husband, Bill Farrell, including Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti, Red Hot Monogamy, and the book we're talking about today, Seven Simple Skills for Every Woman. I'm excited for you to meet her. And so let's get started with today's episode. Well, hello, Pam. Welcome to the podcast studio here inside my bedroom. I know it's, you're actually the very first guest that we have on the podcast. Oh, so. Awesome. I'm so excited. That's great. I know. I love being the first. I love being the foundation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so anyway, thank you for coming. You're I welcome. really appreciate you being here. And I know that what you're going to be sharing with us today is super powerful and what so many of us need to hear. We kind of feel like we're stuck in this place of we, we're stressed out and we don't know why we're stressed out and we need a way out. And I, I know that what you're going to share today is going to help so many people. So. Oh, I do hope so. I love encouraging, <laughs> empowering, and enriching women's lives. So that's yeah. what we hope happens here today. Yes, absolutely. So first, I'd like to, you're going to be starting the foundation, of course, but what I would like to do with all of my guests is to ask them, what does vibrant Christian living mean for you and in your life? What does that look like? Oh, that's great. You know, for me, Vibrant Christian Living would go to the name of our ministry, which mm. is um, LoveWise. It's mm. the intersection of God's love and God's wisdom. Mm. And so I really believe that when you're living out God's wisdom, yeah. um, you your stress gets lower and your enjoyment of life gets higher. I mean, Jesus did say he came to give us life abundantly, full, yes. meaningful, splashing over with joy, mm. um, peace, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We hope that that's a part of vibrant living, right? right? Absolutely. So the goal is um, the closer we get to God, Mm -hmm. then God pours in his character into us. And um, we're able to manage this very stressful world we live in Mm -hmm. a little bit better. You know, it's imperfect. It's an imperfect journey. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I tell the women, uh, when you're on a computer mm-hmm. and you move from one page to another, there's that little circle. I know that it's like you're in transition. Yeah. And I <laughs> waiting, tell women, waiting, waiting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I tell women that's our life. We're becoming mm. our best mm. selves. We're not like there. It. Yes. But God yeah. is wanting us to become our best selves and he's yeah. going to help us do that. Mm. I love that word becoming. It's, it's funny you mentioned that word because I've been thinking about that word a lot lately and how, one of my biggest struggles is feeling like I have to arrive right at part of my life. And and I see that in so many women too. And so the concept of becoming, of just dwelling and letting him work and letting him grow in me what needs to happen. Right. Enjoying the process. Yeah. Not just like I want to get there. Right. But I love what God's doing in me. I can tell mm-hmm. I'm growing. I can tell I'm thriving. I can tell I'm stretching. I can tell mm-hmm. this is a challenge that only God can get me through. Right. You know, I love to just embrace the present mm-hmm. and enjoy it. I do though love accomplishing goals. You know, yeah, my newest definitely. book is the Get It Done Girl mm-hmm. um, Maximize Your Moments Action Planner. So I do yeah. love helping women arrive. Right. I so much so that when I am getting some place on the GPS and it says you have arrived, I'm like, can I tape that? Yeah, exactly. So use those encouragement. <laughs> See, really, I arrived, arrived in something, right? I did something <laughs> right here, right. God. Oh my gosh. Uh, except sometimes when you get lost That's on right. a GPS, then like today, really, when right. you poor Pam got lost today when she was driving to my house, and uh, it's because you live in the beautiful countryside oh, out here. It is like a little bit of heaven. It's, uh, you were practicing here. becoming, right? I was, I was, and it felt good when I arrived. Yay! You put some effort into it, and it was a team effort, and we got me here. That's awesome. And that's sometimes what we need. We yeah. need people beside yes. us, helping us become mm. our best selves. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We all need you. a mentor. I know. Mm. I love it. I love it. Well, let's talk about some overall trends that you notice today right. for women. Mm-hmm. What, In terms of emotional, spiritual, physical health, what are three trends that you notice that a lot of Christian women are struggling with right now? Um, I would say physically, Mm -hmm. um, women put themselves at the very bottom of the list. So Mm -hmm. they're not taking physical care of themselves. And so a lot of women struggle with body issues. They're not feeling good about their body. Um, They've gained some weight. They don't know what to do. They feel defeated. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can relate to that in Seven Simple Skills for Every Woman. I tell my story. I mean, um, that's there's becoming healthy. I share my journey. You know, I raised three athlete sons and um, I spent a whole lot of time driving them to their games and them getting all healthy and strong and me sitting on the bench getting all out of shape. I'm like, what's crazy about this picture? And uh, so I, one day I just like had a little health blip Mm. and um, I I got bad news from my doctor. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's bad when they call you right away after the test. And, yes. you know, yes. and I know you've been through that yes. kind of thing. So you know that the right. emotions that come with that. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're like, did you know you're diabetic? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I was, you know, borderline for a while, but no, I didn't know. And she's like, yo, you need to talk, tell your doctor like right wow. now, right now. And um, so I, um, I said, well, I'm in Texas. You know, my doctor's in California. Yeah. She's like, well, you better call him. You better get there. And 
And so I thought, okay, insanity is doing the same thing, but expecting a different result. Right. And my typical doctor that I went to, she was stressed because she could only have five minutes with her clients. She was actually moving to another state because she felt like she couldn't be the kind of doctor she wanted to be hmm. in the practice she was at. So okay. she wanted more personal time. So um, I'm like, okay, I need a different doctor. Yeah. What if I go to my friend, Dr. Mark Stangler, and he's like a full theology degree and a full hmm. medical degree. That's so his goal yeah. is to try to help Christians live longer. I mean, what a precious goal. Yeah. And like he tries to help everybody, but particularly he's worried about those of us in Christian ministry who are so busy helping everybody else. We forget Mm. to take care of ourselves and women, almost moms fall into that category as well. Yeah. And so I went to him and he did a whole battery of tests to try to find the, the root cause of what was going on. And one of the funny conversations was, he's like, what medicine are you on? And I listed off that I've been on this one antibiotic since I was 14. He's like, that's killing oh my your gosh, gut. Yeah. That's like why you can't lose weight. It's like, you're killing Whoa. your gut. And I'm like, but I have to be on TV. He's like, Pam, there's other ways we can help, you know, <laughs> your acne. Cause I'm like, I've had acne since I'm 14. He's like, there's other ways we can, you know, get you just on a good healthy yeah. diet, your yeah. face will look better. He's like, besides just, you're kind of stinking thinking right now, Pam. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You, you're saying you have to stay on this antibiotic that's killing you. And, um, I was like, oh, that's right. I would be kind of weird. Like, I'm dead. I'm in a I'm coffin. I'm on TV, but I'm dead. Right. So, I'm in like, a coffin. But hey, her face looks Yeah. Good. She looks fantastic. <laughs> right. Wow. In her coffin. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. But that's, we get into those We ruts. do. We do. And so, I needed kind of a shock. Mm. And, you know, he lined out. Great nutritionist. You know, yeah. great. I found out allergy tests. I'm one of the gluten-free people, you know. And mm. so, just learning. Sometimes you just need to go get the best professional in a field, whether it's your health, whether it's your emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, get the best counselor, whether it's like, you know, I'm going through a hard time in a relationship. I'm going to find the best mentor couple who's been through this tough time, who could walk us through um, at a parenting tough place. Um, What parent. Like I raised an ADD, ADHD kid. So there we go. Me too. We are the ones people need to come to to talk to if they're raising a little toddler that's out of control because we've been there. We understand the stress of that. And so that's one of the things I tell women is build your success net Mm -hmm. around you of the best people Mm -hmm. um, and the best information you can get to overcome Mm -hmm. whatever obstacle. So step one is your health. A lot of women just are not taking good care of themselves. I think that's so wise. And, And God is so good to put those people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes wonder, like, why did I have to go through that? Why did I have to experience that? But then always he just is that great recycler where he brings it back and you're you're just like, thank you. Because now I get to be that that expert, that right. friend. I, like I help. lost 50 pounds. I have credibility Woo, in people's girl. life and yeah. I've kept it off for eight years. Aww. So it's a new lifestyle. And yeah. so I can really help. I teach online through First Place for Health. I teach mm. an online um, wellness class for women. Um, body, soul, spirit. It's like four dimensional includes the God part. And um, so when we overcome an obstacle, God wants to use it. You're right. Mm. God wants to recycle it. He wants us to use our pain for like a platform or pulpit to help other people. It's not just for us. It's for others. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, you said, you mentioned the physical health and you mentioned that mentality that we have when we're taking care of our kids. But something that I've noticed, and I'm, I'm, 100% 100% sure you're going to agree with me is that we feel just overwhelmed. Oh, totally. Like run yeah. over yeah. by everything that we're experiencing and that our kids are doing and we feel this pressure. How do you think that we got to this place without really any coping skills for it? Right, right. You know, like we just don't even mm-hmm. know how to handle it. There's no precedent for this. So 
You're right. Because we're living in a very digital age. Yeah. And so we have more information than we've ever wondered. You know, we can, mm. hey, Google, hey, Alexa, and we can find out anything we want, right. which is wonderful, but overwhelming. Yeah. Because now we're responsible. Like, what are we going to do with all this information? Mm-hmm. And then we have this pressure because we see everybody else's life on like yes. Facebook and social media. We're like, oh, I don't measure up. I don't measure up. And I'm like, no, who you are is special. Yeah. Like one of the chapters I talked to women about, um, you're becoming your best self and that best self is unique. It's different, mm, you know, yeah. and um, the word that God uses um, in Genesis that he made you. Mm. And then in the New Testament, it says you are his masterpiece. You're his poem. You're his artwork. And that word means uh, made in the Old Testament is good. In the beginning, mm. God created the heavens. It was good. God created the earth. It was good. He created man. It was good. God created woman. It was very good. Very good. Yeah. And that word good means beautiful, functioning mm. as God intended. Oh, wow. So God just sees every woman as a beautiful, unique creation. He doesn't want you to be somebody else because then who's going to be you? Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants you to be your very best you. And he wants it to be a process. It's not perfection. It's about a journey and enjoying the journey with him. And so to wake up every morning and to say, I am kissed by God and he thinks I'm beautiful. That's a good start for your day. You know, if you get the right mindset going, then you're like, you know, if I don't get everything done, that's right. That's what tomorrow's for. You know, I'll just do my best and commit the rest to God. I'll give my best effort and trust that in his sovereignty, he'll work out the pieces. And when we have that, I want to give my best, but in grace. Yeah. That's when you get that vibrant life that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it my best effort, but I know that, you know what? It's an imperfect journey. I may get interrupted today, but that interruption might be a divine appointment. Right. So I'm just going to embrace mm-hmm. it and go with it. And uh, my to-do list isn't a Ten Commandments. It's like just <laughs> a, a way to get started on those hopes and dreams and goals. And that attitude of flexibility keeps us mm-hmm. sane. Mm. We have to have an attitude of flexibility in this world. And the other thing is like we should do everything for an audience of one. You know, it's God we're pleasing. And then what will keep our marriage strong and what will help us build into our next generation of kids and grandkids. And everything else is like icing on the cake. If I get Mm. anything else done that is Mm. to help anybody else, awesome, great. I'm going to revel in it, but I'm not going to pressure myself. Um, I'm just going to do the next right thing. What's in front of me. Right. Yeah. That's great. Something that you hit upon and I kept thinking about was that a filter. Mm -hmm. Like we just, it's almost like, I feel like we don't have a filter to say, this is where I end and where God wants me to be. And, you know, we still are striving to be our best, but like you said, um, God created me differently than he created you. Right. And it's okay if I don't look like you and I'm not doing all those things. And, yeah. and he's he's changing me and, you know, all of those things. And, and we have to come to our days with that on, mm-hmm. you know, and then be willing to say, okay, now I can be used by God. So that is a, actually a really great transition to your book and what we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about today in that we feel like there is stress from all this happening, but you have laid out seven simple skills mm-hmm. right. that kind of break through all of that. All because barriers. Yeah, because again, there's there's so many things hitting us. We don't even know what they are. We don't even know where to start. So I'm going to list all of the seven skills okay. just so that we have them out there. So, awesome. so you guys listening can hear it, but here they are. So number one is becoming proactive. Number two, becoming decisive, then becoming wiser, 
becoming reliable, becoming relational, becoming healthy, and then number seven is becoming productive. So first question is why why these specific skills and why do you think they're really helpful for Christian women right now to work on? Um, When I started speaking on seven simple skills, I turned those seven into spelling out the word skilled. Hmm. And it kind of says why I chose them. Hmm. So S is steadfast. When we're reliable, people want to, people are motivated to trust us with things. So they want to open doors of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Just showing up is a big skill in today's world. It's so true. Just keeping your word. Just we tell that to our word. teen boys. We're like, dude, yeah. you show up and you smile and you be happy. You get a scholarship. Like, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's crazy. But and it's then so true. knowledgeable when we have an attitude of, I, I want to be as wise as possible. I want to seek out wise people. The Bible tells us, walk with the wise and you'll become wise. So just yeah. an attitude of teachability. Mm. Um, and then intentional. When we're proactive, when we don't wait for life to serve us, when we go out and grab that you know, brass ring. When we put our best foot forward and like, I'm going to set some goals. I'm going to like, I'm going to dream some dreams. I'm going to dream some God size dreams. I, I tell women, show me the size of your God. I'll show you the size of your opportunity. Big God, big <sighs> opportunity. Yeah. So developing that, you know, I'm going to trust you for big, awesome, wonderful things, God. And I trust that you're going to have a path for that. Mm. And then likable, if you just have good relationship skills. In fact, that's one of the things I was most impressed when I first met you. Aww. You have really strong relationship skills. You're great at networking. You're great Uh at helping people feel comfortable and at ease around you. And um, because I first met you in a, like a leadership setting. Yes. Like I'm sure you were in an audience and heard me before that, but I personally. One-on-one. Yes. Yes. And you just helped everybody feel great about themselves that day. And we're all leaders. We can all feel a little bit insecure at those moments. But likable. If you're likable, People want to hang you to hang out with them and you yeah. and you to give you like opportunities. So they are true. just like, hey, I'll open the door. She's she's nice to people. She treats people well. Yeah. Um, and then lively. Mm-hmm. If we're healthy, we can live longer and stronger for mm-hmm. God. I mean, it's just hard so to true. do ministry from the grave. It's possible now. <laughs> you are on digital. No, they can listen to your you podcast. Know, but you know, but hey, it won't be as fun. It's not as good. Uh, yeah. And then effective. When we want to be as productive as possible, when we take mm-hmm. our time, our talent, our treasures, and say, God, I want you just to squeeze the most out of it because I just want to end well. And when you take me to glory, I just want to leave a legacy, a blessing behind me. I want the trail behind me to help other people. So with the attitude of make me productive, Mm. like take the fluff out of my life Mm. and help me just make wise choices, not be a time waster. And then decisive. When we make good choices and decisions, it lowers our stress. And so mm. there's a whole chapter on how to make good decisions. It was one of my favorite chapters, I have to say, because I yeah. thought we spend so much time going back and forth and do I, don't I? And there's, yes. I think you quoted like thousands of decisions we make every day yeah. or something. More than 5,000 because we live in such a digital age. Yeah. Like we don't even realize that it's decisions that we're making. Yeah. Look at this. Don't look at that. You know, Look at that Pinterest board. Don't, I mean, it's just so, it comes so fast and, and it zaps us. It does. And it we does. don't even realize it. So if we can make a simple decision, I'm, I'm not sure if it was, it was in your book or something else I read recently where this person eats the same meal every oh, Dr. morning. Dr. Oz. It's Dr. Oz. Okay. So automate, automate your yes. decisions. Like yeah. take your coffee the same way. Yeah. Get your favorite tea going. He eats the same two breakfast. I found it. Okay. Two. Okay. He alternates. And it, yeah. what it is, is it's oatmeal, still cut oatmeal with blueberries or Greek yogurt and unsweetened Greek yogurt with blueberries. Okay. And like, he's like, I want to use my time yeah. to cure cancer, not decide what exactly. I want to have for breakfast. Yeah. Oh, so automate some decisions. Like when you called, 
um, and wanted to do a podcast, I'm like, I've already decided who I want to pour my life into. And you were on that list. So that was an automatic yes. I'll just work on how to make it happen at this point. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Wow. So much richness there. I think, I just think that, yeah, decision-making, streamlining it for ourselves, teaching our kids how to make those simple decisions and then teaching ourselves and our families. It it really gets boiled down when we say, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. I'm going to follow. I mean, he makes it so simple in his word. Sometimes we we want to water the truth down or we kind of want to wander to the side. And, and that's where we have more decisions and more problems to get into. So yeah. God is so good in that he helps us narrow it down too. He does. He does. There's a a cycle that I talk about, the cycle of joy or cycle of Mm. happiness. Um, Really, it's the cycle of obedience. Mm. Um, The Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And if you obey me, I'll disclose myself to you. And so it's this wonderful cycle. We read something in the Bible, and then we have a decision. Am Mm. I going to obey it or not? If we obey it, then Jesus shows us something wonderful about himself, and we're like, wow, what an awesome God. So the next time we read something in the Bible, we're motivated to obey it, and Jesus reveals himself. We're like, wow, what an awesome God. So it's this cycle upward to the heartbeat Mm. of God. And it's easier to make decisions when you have a pattern of obedience in your life yeah. because there's a pattern of trust and you're thinking more like how God thinks about your life. Mm-hmm. And so you're able to like discern good from best. And yes. so take the best route. You know yourself well and how God's made you. So you're like, okay, that's in my skill set. That's in my wheel. Well, you're just, you have more discernment. Right. We do have um, one of the um, decision-making skills for the tougher ones. I call it the rubber band test. Do I stay or do I go? Yeah. And a lot of people make like a um, list, a pro-con list. Sure. And then they go, which list is longer? But that's not really how you should do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> how you should do it is you should say, okay, I'm going to make the list and yeah. then I'm going to mark the A priorities mm. because then you're making your decisions based upon your top life priorities, your right. top morals, your top goals. Yes. And so by doing that, then you can easily see mm. stay or go. It's much more clear that right. way than just a which list is longer. That's exactly. so random. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. I'm, I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm finishing up my training for Christian life coaching right awesome. now. Awesome. Yeah. And we were just recently in class talking about values. And mm-hmm. values not in the sense of morals, which is what I kind of originally thought they were right. talking about, but what unique values has God given me or God given you right. that this is how I'm made. This is how I was put together. Um, mm-hmm. For me, being creative is a huge part of yes. my life. And if I don't do that, I just wither like I just do and so flexibility for me is when I mm. that's why I work for myself mm. is because I'm happier when I can decide yes how to use my time because I'm a creative like you too yeah and so I don't want boxed in I want to no. go with the flow and yeah but it's recognizing that about yourself mm-hmm. and starting when we're helping a client set goals or get to where they want to go we start first with how did God make you? Yes. What are you passionate about? What are those yep. values inside of you to help you make the decisions as we go along? Okay, God wants me to go this way versus this way. So it's yeah. just, like I said, I think it's so it's so true what you just said about that because that's we see that over and over. Yeah, know God well, know yourself well, and mm. your decisions will be easier. Yes, definitely. I wanted to share this quote in uh, the section on becoming relational because mm-hmm. I also feel that that was something that really stuck out to me. And... Why do you think, I mean, again, we're more connected than we've ever been. We're on Facebook and Instagram and all these things. And yet we're feeling more alone than ever. Yes, why do right. we, why are we so stuck 
when it comes yeah. to relationships yeah. and in that area. Feeling alone, feeling depressed, mm-hmm. suicides rising mm-hmm. instead of going down with how connected we are. And, and it's not really different in the church no, than it is outside. Not That's a lot. Yeah. Now, there yeah. are some differences. Like, um, you hear this study a lot that 50% of all marriages fail, mm-hmm. including 50% in the church. But that's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are people in the church, if there's a few things that they're doing, they're, they hardly ever divorce. Like if you're praying mm-hmm. together every day mm-hmm. and praying for your spouse, if you attend a local church on the weekend, you rate your relationship as red hot, one. <laughs> If you're in a small group that believes in long-lasting marriages, you're more likely to have a long-lasting marriage. Mm. If you believe the Bible is true and you live it out, right. then um, you are more committed to relationships because God's more committed to relationships. Um, if you read your Bible, um, you don't feel so stressed out. You kind of read, oh, treat others as you would want treated. Oh, golden rule. Didn't know that came from the Bible. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So you get some relationship skills that will yeah. help. And so... Really, that group of people who those things are true of mm. hardly ever divorce. Mm. So it's a few simple things that can really strengthen relationships. It's just getting those few simple things down and making it a natural part of your life okay. to hang out with the God who says, God is love in First John. Yeah. And we love because God first loved us. So he teaches us how to love. If you hang out with love, then you become a more loving person. Mm-hmm. So how can you translate what you just said about marriage, which was so true and mm-hmm. gives us great assurance for those of us who do do those things? Right. Um, how can you translate that concept into building strong relationships, women to women, in mm-hmm. terms of deep friendships? Because that's yeah. what I see us all deeply craving and we're, we're we lacking. Do. We do. Yeah. And in the same way, what we're seeing those people skills, because we're on digital so much, mm-hmm. we're losing our ability to look at people eye to eye and read their faces and read their emotions. And so I would say, train yourself with your digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure you'll probably have our friend Arlene Pelican on. Yes. She's written Cool, Calm, and Collected. Yeah. Um, Cool, calm, and connected. Connected, yeah. Yes. And your kids growing up digital, the great resources. And just training yourself, okay, dinner time, all phones in a basket, not at the table. They've even found, I, I was just hanging out with Arlene, and she shared that if a phone is just near you, even um, if you're not on it, you are distracted mm. from that relationship. And so making the commitment to when you're with your girlfriends, snap that shot and then put your phones away. Yeah. Just really like eye to eye. And the other thing that's really developed my deep girlfriends is like I have a group of women I call seasoned sisters. And um This is we, the ones you go to Alaska with? We that we I do. Love it. Yes, yes. I try to go to Alaska every year, every other year, wow. taking women on this adventure to the end of themselves so where cool, God shows up. Right? Yeah. yeah. They come back stronger. God and I can do anything. So yeah. Amazing. So I love that. Um, but we've we've raised our kids together now mm-hmm. and we're going through different seasons. And to know that there are gonna be seasons. Some people are friends for the road and some friends are friends for life. So sometimes your lives might connect and it's okay yeah. to go deep with those friends for a season. And then maybe your kids all go to different colleges that are just not connected as much. It, you're not a bad person if that person drifts out of your life. You only have capacity for so many relationships. So, so that's yeah. one. The second is who are life givers. In the book, I talk about be a life giver and hang out with life givers. Those are people when you're at a tough place and you ask, who could breathe life mm. into me right now and who could breathe life into this situation? Yeah. And so fill your life with the main life givers as you can. Mm. And then choose, like pray and ask God, mm. you know, 
iron sharpens iron. So one woman sharpens another. Who are those people that when I'm with, I'm a better person? And who are those people that when I'm in their life, it seems like I help them become a better person? And make make a commitment and verbalize that commitment so that your friends know that you are one of those that have their back. Mm-hmm. And it's not for everybody. Jesus chose 12. Right. He didn't choose the world. He gave his life for the whole world, yeah. but he didn't hang out eating, you know, manna with and bread and you know fish with only but about twelve and a few others. If you count, you know, the women in Jesus's life as sure. well. So it was probably twenty twenty five people that he had deep relationships with. Yeah. And if the God of all creation can only have capacity <laughs> for twenty or twenty five, we should feel okay, right? That there's going to yeah. be circles. There's going to be those are really close to then those that um, on occasion we pour into each other's lives and we are okay with that. Like one of my friends, we made this commitment that I'm not going to be a high maintenance friend when we're together. Yay. If we can't be together, you have grace and mercy. I know you're busy and you know I'm busy. And so we'll just love each other when we're together. We'll just like bless each other, encourage each other and have lunch and do fun things. Um, and then there'll be some that you will just touch base with a little bit. And, yeah. you know, so the circles just go out. But um, one of the things that I have women do is choose, mm. you know, know who you're going to be committed to. And so there's a funnel mm. that I actually have you write down, take 10 people, and then whose voice are you going to listen to? Nine people. Then whose voice are you going to listen to? Eight people. And you work your way down so that you know your top go-to people. Um, when you really need an answer, when you need some wisdom, when you want that, you know, challenging relationship that will make you a better person. That is amazing. And then so true because I think we get overwhelmed and we believe we have to be best friends with everybody. Right. And it's impossible. And we don't need to. We can treat everybody as a best friend. Of course. When we're loving and kind to them. Yes. But yes. we, like you mentioned, I love that analogy of Jesus and how he really only went super deep mm-hmm. with those 12 and the, you know, the women that were around. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. We, we get stuck in that. And um, even so, in Old Testament too, and Moses, yeah. he was all stressed out. So his father-in-law says, hey, dude, delegate. And so <laughs> it's there's a principle in both the Old and New Testament that you can't do it all and right. you can't be it all to everybody. Right. Well, the, okay. So then on the opposite side, what would you say to a woman who says, I don't really have friendships like mm-hmm. that? How do I even find people like that? I mean, I just kind of take care of my kids by myself. Yeah, how do I even find life givers like Mm -hmm. that? So then what you want to do is you want to ask, where do life givers hang out? Mm. And life givers tend to rise. And so they're going to be at the top of nonprofit organizations. They're going to be at the top of business. They're going to be um, in church women's Bible studies, probably in leadership in those Bible studies. Mm. So volunteer. Just volunteer. Hey, there's an event coming up at church. Go up to your director of women's ministry or that Bible study leader and say, I'd be happy to like be a greeter. Or do you want me on your team to help decorate? Like, what do you need done? This is my skill set. And just introduce yourself. And it's amazing um, how just if you hang out with servants, right. people with a servant heart, they tend to be life givers. And then the other place is praying women. I found some of my very best friends through Moms in Prayer. Um, just praying women are caring women. And they're deep with God women. So that they, when, when you even have a morsel from these women, it's life-giving. Yes. So uh, that would be, and there's a Moms in Prayer probably in every person's hometown if you go to momsinprayer.com org and they'll help you find it or they'll help you start it. You just need one other woman 
to pray with. So that's a freebie. That's not a part of my ministry right, other right. than I'm a praying mom. I'm a mom's yeah. and prayer mom, but yeah. I found it that best friends uh, I've been, I found there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other would be to hang out and listen to podcasts like you. <laughs> You know, when you listen to some of the best podcasters, yeah. they have friends on. Yeah. And you're like, okay, then I'm going to go read their books. And I'm right. going to like listen to those people are yeah. all life They're givers influenced too. by life givers. Yes. Yeah. And so then you start seeing, wow, they're all kind of networked together. I'm going to go to that event over there yes. and I'll probably meet some like-minded so true. mommies. Yeah. I'll probably meet some like-minded woman in my season who's, you know, starting life again or kids have launched. Um, so it, it is, you just fill your life with life givers in any capacity you can and trust God to lead you. Right. And it, let, I mean, I think giving ourselves space to let God make it happen yeah. too, because sometimes we're like, I want to be your friend. Right. Like we need to be friends with you right and now. That's and that's a little scary. Like, okay, that can make somebody run away. Right. <laughs> but still, you know, just saying, God, you know, my heart, bring these women into my life whom I can help and I can yeah. be a blessing and, that can help me become that better woman you want me to be. Yeah. Right. There's a simple example in my life. This last year, I moved onto a boat, into a new community. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting from scratch, you know, yeah. up there. And a sweet woman who's been in some of my audiences and has read a lot of my books, she just decided that God had called her to encourage me. Oh, and wow. so once a month, she would call and just pray with me. She did would she send live me on a gifts. boat? Or how does she? Or no, she just, she she just in feels, Maryland. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And But she felt God called her <gasps> to encourage me because she wow. knew I was going through a big transition. Yeah. And so trust the heart of God. We've ended up becoming great friends. Even though we're on Aww. two separate coasts, we meet up at conferences and I'm going to be headed back and do a double date with her and her husband, Aww. you know, when we're doing a marriage event back in her area. So if if God prompts you right. to do something nice for somebody, listen to it. Yeah, there might be uh, like something nice in it later on for you too. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, as part of that time when we're longing for friendship, we want it to happen right now. Sometimes that's really an invitation for us to let God fill us up. Yes, yes. You know, to say you gave me a need for friends and you want to pour that into me, but really. I need you first. Yep. I need to have you fill me up and um we'll be a better friend that way. We yes. won't be needy. We'll yeah. be wanting God what God has poured into us to splash out onto mm. others. We won't be like grappling and mm-hmm. so needy, which can make us a little scary mm-hmm. when people run away from us, like, right. oh, I don't have time for that kind of need in my life. Right. But if right. you let God fill you up, then you'll have the appropriate level mm. of honesty and rawness and authenticness to share, uh, not be a frantic right. moment. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So powerful. Okay. Okay. I want to close by talking about love and friendships and family and, and the relationships that God gives us. And sometimes those relationships aren't life-giving. Right. They're hard. But we, we can't really, you know, we, are, we have to be in community with these people because they're our family or for whatever right. reason. Just talk to me about how God has encouraged you through that. And mm-hmm. I know you have a really beautiful story about your dad. He's God, I know my Redeemer lives. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes. And so I have a powerful life story. Mm-hmm. I'm the firstborn daughter, alcoholic dad, severe rage issues. My dad was not good at controlling his anger and he was very unreliable and um, so abusive. Mm-hmm. And so that's the home that I grew up in. Like as people think about their Christmas, their Easter and wonderful, you know, memories, I'm like 911. Like mm-hmm. if, the, if, if, 
the police weren't called. Wow. It was a good day, you know. What I'm wow. So um, he had just he he, he was broken, mm-hmm. and it took me um, until I was older and had a strong relationship with Jesus. So I came to Christ um, when I was eight, and my mom was twenty eight. We both mm-hmm. the same year. Oh wow! Because of my mom's best friend, a life giver named mm-hmm. Kathy, who saw the chaos that we were living in, invited my mom to come to church. And there's a little girl. I saw what love looked like for the first time, mm-hmm. and I knew I want to know the author of love, oh, Jesus. It gives me chills. It's amazing. And so I began to grow in my relationship with God alongside my mom. Um, we both were growing together in our relationship with God. We were reading God's love letter, the Bible. And, you know, I came across that we're supposed to honor our mom and dad. I'm like, what does that really look like? Mm-hmm. You know, does that mean I'm supposed to do everything this outrageous man is saying? Yeah. And I, yeah. I knew that couldn't be the, the heart of God torment us or put us in danger, you know? Um, So I began to see my first call is to love Jesus and obey Jesus first. And whatever Jesus says, that's where I guide my life, that let God the Father first fill me. And so I learned to forgive my dad and it came in stages. And now we, and Bill and I teach on the six simple skills for forgiveness. And um, we both came from craziness, like mm. crazy train. We got the tickets and we know how to get off the crazy train too. And forgiveness is the key. Mm. And um, so my dad, um, I began to extend the love of God to my dad, not because he did lovely things. He mm. did not. But as a college student, I just wanted him to know the love of God. My whole goal was to help my dad really embrace the love of God because I found out because I started listening rather than blaming my dad. I started listening Mm. and I found out that he was the middle child of 12. Basically, his older sister raised him because his mom had to be a one-room school teacher two hours, three hours away, Mm. stayed for like months away from the family. Mm. So he didn't really have that close relationship with his mom, even though she did her best. And the reason she had to do that is because she was married to the town drunk who was totally unreliable. Mm. And so like- she was doing her best. She was doing her very best. And the older sister loved Jesus. Um, My Aunt Frances is- such a saint. And um, so she did her best, but she was like 18. Come on, mm. like how much can you have 12 kids that you're yeah. taking care of your sister? And um, so I knew that there was a vacuum in my dad's life that only God could fill, you know? And so my goal was just to love my dad as a healthy daughter would love, regardless of mm. how my dad treated me. Mm. So just choosing to take the high road, that was like step one. Mm. And then, um, then I began to share the love of God with my dad and I began to send him resources so he could hear it from other people. And so my dad loved Billy Graham. In fact, when he met my husband, Bill, um, he, he happened to be sober the first time I met my <laughs> husband, Bill, after a business meeting. And he's like, my Bill, Billy Graham, same person. Oh, he like really yeah. liked my Bill because he was a really good, godly guy, full yeah. of grace, full mm-hmm. of grace. Because he had learned that because his mother has mental illness, you know. So we both came from crazy chaos, but God it called us just live out love. No matter what people give back to you, live out love. There's no downside of being the loving person in the, in the room. And so we began to do that. And um, then um, I began to listen to my dad, never told I love you. Okay. How can I pour love into him? And then, um, you know, he did outrageous things. I'm like, we will never get forward in this relationship unless I forgive him. Mm. He, there's no amount of making up that he could ever do for some of the things that he did, you know, like, I kept him from committing suicide one night mm-hmm. um, as a high school, you know, 18 year old. And my brother and myself, 
Um, my sister dragged my dad down, took the noose off his neck and sat on oh him gosh. all night um, to keep him oh from killing himself. Gosh. You know, that is not the order of things. The no. dad's supposed to be the life. It's giver, not a memory right? that as a child you want to have. No. Right, right. right. Wow. But God gave us the strength to do that because we all had personal relationship with God. So we valued my dad's life. And so interesting. We sing Amazing Grace to keep him from killing himself. So Amazing mm. Grace is a very sweet song to me, mm. even to this day. And um, then... Um, one day I just thought, okay, I've forgiven my dad for so much. I've written him a letter that I've forgiven him. I verbally told him I've forgiven him, but the Lord says, I want you to bless him. The Bible says, you know, to bless those who persecute you. And the way to overcome evil is to bless. Mm. And so, um, he said, write a blessing to your dad. Mm. And I'm like, okay, if you just give me one happy memory to build on this, I'm like, <laughs> God, give yeah. me something here, God, right. right? Like, come on. Give me the writing prompt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he did. He gave me a memory of a day when I was little, like four years old. And that memory was um, when we were at a park at an Easter egg hunt and we were looking for the golden egg. And my dad, I, I wrote the tribute. Um, my dad found this broken egg. It was smashed and broken from being walked upon. And he said, Pam, look down. What do you see? I'm like, a smashed egg. He's like, but what color is it? Mm. Gold. But I'm like, how am I supposed to get it over there? Mom and dad, you aren't supposed to touch it. He's like, I'll help you carry it. So together we bent Aww. down and picked up that egg remnant. Yeah. And we carried it over. And I was given a huge Easter basket brimming mm. with Easter goodies. It was a day I was proud of dad and dad was proud of me, but it was a perfect picture of the brokenness of our relationship yeah. and choosing to find the gold in it mm-hmm. to go on. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote down all the things that I appreciate about my dad. You know, he's a hard worker, give you the shirt off his back. Mm-hmm. So I focused on the good, not the bad. Right. And I wrote up this tribute and I read it to him. I framed it and read it to him on Christmas day. You can see I'm getting tears in my eyes mm-hmm. and um, read it to him that Christmas day, not knowing how he'd respond. This is a man who'd never heard me talk. He'd never read any of my books. Um, so I didn't know how he would respond, but I read this tribute to him and he started crying. This mm-hmm. cowboy, this like strong CEO kind yeah. of guy start crying, businessman. And he's like, thank you so much, Pam, for using your words to say such nice things about this battle, good old boy. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to tell our story to help other people, you just do that, Charlie. And that's his nickname for me, Charlie. And um, so that's what I do. I tell our story. And, you know, shortly after that, I got a phone call from the police department mm-hmm. in the city he lived in. And because I couldn't get my dad on the phone. I had called mm-hmm. the sheriff's like, please do a drive Right. Right. And uh, I said, he's often suicidal Mm -hmm. and he also was alcoholic. Um, So I just want you to know what you may be dealing with. And um, he has a heart issue. They did the drive-by. They called and about midnight, Mrs. Farrell, so sorry to tell Mm -hmm. you that your dad is no longer with us. It appears he's had a heart attack, which was actually an answer to prayer that God, that he allowed God to take his life. That God did it. It wasn't, yeah, He didn't take his own life. And um, so I went up. Because uh, I was an executor of the will, and I walked in to where he was spending his last moments, and I saw the stack of Christian books mm. all of us had given to him, my siblings, wow. my mom, even even though they divorced, my mom kept pouring love because she's yeah. a godly woman, and some videos by Christian country artists that he had watched, obviously mm. steps to peace with God. Oh my gosh. That I was open to the prayer that I found out that next her neighbor had brought over with strawberry jelly just days before. And the tribute that I had written to him pulled up 
sat down right in front of his desk chair as if it was the last thing he may have read before going to bed that night. Wow. And when I read that tribute to him, that January day, cold Kansas, snowy ground, there was a sense of peace and freedom there because I knew I had done everything to give the love of God to my dad. Mm -hmm. And he finally responded. That's so amazing. It is amazing. And such a blessing that you, God allowed in his infinite goodness Mm -hmm. for you to have that assurance. Yes. Yes. I will see him in heaven. I have that assurance. And God years before had said, Pam, you don't have to be present as long as I'm present Mm. with your dad at the moment that he says yes to me. And you know, that was so sweet of God to give some tangible, like if I were a detective, there's all the evidence, (laughs) you know, that my dad finally surrendered and and God probably said, oh, Billy Ray, I know you drinking problem and your addiction. Let's just take you to heaven. Mm. Let's just take you out of your pain right now. And I'm just going to bring you home. I'm going to bring you home where you wanted to be. So I do have an assurance that I will see him one day mm-hmm. rejoicing That's out of amazing. pain because God is amazing. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, it's a great way to end our time. Um, just that the love of God is, and focusing on God's love as the basis for how we want to live our lives. Mm-hmm. The truth of the word. Yeah. So tells us, you know, he loves us so much. He tells us the truth about ourselves and about mm-hmm. life when we obey it. Yeah. God gives us a capacity to love beyond whatever we think we can love on our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's bigger. His love is greater than any obstacle or any obstinate person. Yes. And I'm convinced, I've I've shared this with you guys listening before, that the foundation of knowing who we are as mm-hmm. a person starts with knowing to the core of your soul that you are loved by God. Not just mm-hmm. hearing God yeah. loves you and la, 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 because we've probably all heard that. But once it's just etched into your soul, and that becomes your filter for yes. everything, yes. you say something bad happens to me, and I go, well, I know God loves me. Right. He's going to turn this, this bad is, into good because yeah, God loves me. It's for me, not not at me, this thing that's not happening to me. me. It's Roman not against says. me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's And when we start with that filter in every part of our life and how we look at our relationships and how we interact with, you know, with him, him with himself, you know, it's just, that is, that's the key. So it is the key. So today I pray every person in your audience Mm -hmm. knows that you love them. I love them, but more importantly, that God God loves them them. and he created them a beautiful masterpiece. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Pam. This has been an incredible time. I really appreciate all that you do to encourage women. And I wanted to recognize that you were a life giver to me during that time when I was- When you were struggling for your life. When I was literally struggling for my life and being sick. And my husband and I being unemployed for 18 months, just Pam was one of those people who just would listen and who was helpful in trying to say, well, look at this opportunity or look at this right. opportunity and was praying. I know praying behind the scenes. was probably the biggest thing yes. that I did and yes. mobilize a few friends to like, remember, yes. she's still going through this. Yes. It's been 18 months. Lord, Don't please. forget her. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you again. And I'm, I'm so welcome. glad that you've been able to share with our audience today. They can connect with me on LoveWise and I always have different online Bible studies and things going. So if they want, you know, me to breathe into their life, 
Fantastic. They listen to your podcast and then I'm happy to help as well. And so tell me again, the website that they can find you at. Love-wise.com. Okay. And then that's where they can get a lot of your books and resources. Cause you have a lot of great things, not just for women, but for marriage. I mean, that's kind marriage, of what you're known family, for. Is parenting. Just, yeah. Relationships is really, yes. the key. it was hard to write the relationship chapter. Cause like, there's so much You're that like, I, I wanted write, to put I in. have written all these books on it. <laughs> yeah. so. so I had to, like the best of our relationship stuff is in Seven Simple Skills for Every Woman. Because so I had to really boil it down mm. to what's essential. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much, You're Pam. Welcome. I appreciate it. I love that interview with Pam. There were so many good nuggets as we were just sitting there talking. It felt very natural, but it also felt like I was just receiving from this woman who has spent so many years with God, knowing God, growing in Him, ministering to women, and uh, it was just such a privilege to speak to her. And I know we talked about some really big things there. We talked about loneliness. We talked about uh, the power of love specifically, and of course, that amazing story that she told about her dad, which every time I hear it is just blows me away at how amazingly powerful God is and how good He is to bring everything full circle and to just confirm the work and the prayers that we give to our loved ones. So I know these are big issues. These are huge topics. And I encourage you to check out Pam's resources, uh, specifically her Seven Simple Skills book. And I also wanted to offer again to you the opportunity to go a little bit deeper with me personally, if you are feeling like this really stirred something in your soul. Sometimes when we are in these places and we think, yeah, I really need to move forward. It's not easy to do that by ourselves because we are only limited by our own perspective, first of all. And secondly, it's hard to move forward when we're not being held accountable or we don't have the ability maybe to always come up with the habits and mindsets that we need to, or, or we just get distracted. We run into obstacles along the way. And that's why a guide, which as a Christian coach, that's what I am. I, I like to think of myself as a guide. That's how a guide or a Christian life coach can come in and help you through these perspectives and through these situations. So if that's you, I would love to work with you. I would love to dig deeper with you around this and to see how I can bless you and help you through this transition or help you to to move past some of these things that may have come up for you. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to have a free inquiry call with me. And that just means that we would have a few minutes to sit down and look a little bit closer at some of these areas of your life where you just feel like you need more, like things aren't right, like you just need to get past some of these issues. And we would begin to look at some perspectives. How could life be different if we went down this route instead of this other route? And what can we do to get there? What are some baby steps that we can start there? I would love to offer that to you. So to do that, all you need to do is go to vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash coaching and click on book a free inquiry call. So again, that's vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash coaching. So I hope to speak to you soon if that's something that you want to explore a little bit deeper and find true progress around. Well, that's it for today's episode here at the Vibrant Christian Living Podcast, where our goal is to help you step out of mediocre living and into your best, most vibrant self. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you were encouraged or inspired by what was shared today, I would love it if you could take two seconds and leave an honest review in iTunes. I love hearing from you, and these reviews help others find the podcast. 
And of course, be sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. Bye for now, and I will see you back here next week.